Thanks for joining us on episode 1406 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. I'm Wilk Wilkinson. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to interact with others while seeing the humanity in them is key, and one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this. The Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mater. When we look at the world around us, Scott, I want everybody to think about, you know, are, are we going to make it through this thing together? I, I, want, I want everybody to think about their legacy. Are we going to make it through this thing together? Because we've only got so much time together on this planet. Do we make it through this world together by staying divided or trying to come together. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In today's podcast episode, I interview Wilk Wilkinson. I asked Wilk about why he tries to help people shift towards seeing the humanity in all people despite our differences. I also asked Wilk to share how his faith affects this view for him. And Wilk also shares why polarization is so prominent in today's society. I've got a new book coming out called Inspired Living, Assembling the Puzzle of Your Call by Mastering Your Time, Your Talent, and Your Treasures. You can find out more about it and sign up for getting more information over at inspiredstewardship.com, Inspired Living. That's inspiredstewardship.com, Inspired Living. Wilk Wilkinson is a husband, a father, a Christian conservative, and the host of the Derate the Hate podcast. He's been working from the age of 10 years old so that he might have things his parents could not, or for good reason, would not provide for him. He moved a lot growing up and was in far more schools through his K-12 years than he really needed to be. He was bullied incessantly through much of grade school and learned a lot from that experience, both good and bad. He's been able to overcome a lot of anger and animosity over the years and tries to share his experiences in a way that helps others do the same. His failures have been his most successful teachers. He's grown to become successful in his career, his marriage, and parenting in ways that he never would have imagined he could do as a younger person. Through his podcast, Derate the Hate, he attempts to share with others the tips and tools he's used trajectory of his life. Topics regularly include personal accountability, gratitude, how to be civil, mindset, and many more. He recognizes that being civil does not require that we force our opinions on others, demand like-mindedness, or hate those with whom we disagree, but simply to see the humanity in all people despite our differences, whatever those differences may be. Welcome to the show, Will. Thank you for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's great to talk to you. So I just shared your intro and honestly, I'll call it out. Unlike some of the intros that I share, you actually put in some things 
and talk about some things that aren't necessarily the, uh, the, the all the quote good shiny stuff. I always laugh and tell people intros are like our Instagram pictures. They always show the good stuff and never the bad stuff. <laughs> no one takes an Instagram picture with the dirty laundry in the background. We always frame it perfect. But you talked a little bit about growing up and having bullying and anger and these sorts of things as well. Can you unpack that a little bit more? What about your journey make you wanting to put out this message about derate the hate, about not looking for that humanity in other people as opposed to the differences? I, I think there's a lot to that, Scott. And, and it, it's interesting for me because I, I had, as somebody who grew up in in many respects, quite poor, not a lot of stuff that, that other people had just different circumstances that I grew up with. I ended up with a lot of anger, a lot of animosity and, and spending a lot of time as a, as a young adult, just, just mad. I, I would say that there was a lot of envy there, right? I, I would see the things that other people had and see the things that other people were doing and just, wishing oh well, why couldn't my life have been different why couldn't i have, why couldn't i have those things or why couldn't i be doing that and yada yada right and then that came along with a lot of the anger and animosity i had from other things in my past and one of the things that i kept one of the things that i kept coming back to scott all the time was personal accountability and gratitude being grateful for the things that I have instead of focusing on the things that I don't. And, and then the fact that personal accountability plays so much into so many of our lives that if we stop and, and just take that breather, sit back and look and say, hey, a lot of the reasons that I'm in the position that I'm in today is because of things that I have done or things that I chose not to do. The choices that I have made have largely brought me to the place where I am today. And when I started putting all those things together and realizing that, you know what, it, it's not all those things that I can't control that are going to affect the outcome of my life and, and really make me feel like I'm in control if I focus on those things that are outside of my control, I'm going to constantly feel bad. I'm going to constantly feel like I can't win. But when I start to focus on those things of which I do have control over and, and then start to control those things well, and then also be grateful for the things that I have instead of focusing on the things that I don't, mm -hmm. life becomes infinitely better. So that's really what, what it comes down to is how do we start to compartmentalize those things, focus on what we can control, live a life of gratitude, and life is going to be so much better mm. for those and everybody around you, or for e each of us as an individual and, and those people around you. So about how old were you when you started, quote, coming to that realization, for lack of a better word? <laughs> oh, man, I was a late bloomer in that camp. Uh, I don't well, know, maybe, probably, maybe, probably not as late as some because some people haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, I can maybe. Uh, may, I, I I've got to say it was I was in my 30s, Scott. It I, I had inklings of it here and there, and and then I would uh, fall off that train and uh, go back into the, the pity party or, or just being mad all the time kind of thing. But 
Yeah, I, I would say I was definitely into my 30s before before I really started to grasp that in, in a big way. And one of the things, too, and I think I'm hearing this in your message, but I want to make sure that I'm not reading something into it that's just my, my viewpoint, is it, you're not saying that there's not external circumstances that may really stink. You're just saying if you can't do anything about that thing rather than focusing on that thing that you have no power over anyway, focus on the choices you can make and you can do and bring it back to yourself because that's what you can actually take action on and do something about. No, that's exactly right. It's a rock solid guarantee that there's going to be things in everybody's life. I don't care who you are or you can look at anybody out there and, and they're going to have things within their lives that, uh, that are, are terrible. There's no doubt about it, but we all do. But it, it's where you choose to focus your energy, where you choose to focus your thoughts, mm-hmm. what you can do. If you constantly focus on the things that are outside of your control, which quite often the things that are, are terrible within our lives are outside of our control. It doesn't mean we have to ignore them. It doesn't we can't just ignore everything bad right. that is happening in our lives. But what we have to do is choose to focus on those high value targets in our life. What can make the biggest difference within our life? What can we control? What can't we control? And, and how do we best react to those things? Because it's not that we have control over all these things, but we absolutely have the ability to react to them in a positive way. So it's really a matter of how we react as opposed to what we focus on and and how we deal with those things that that are outside of our control. Yeah. So it's not so much, yes, the bad thing happened. Yes, you couldn't have stopped it. However, how you react to the bad thing that you've actually got input into and and can learn skills and all of that. It it reminds me of everyone knows about PTSD, right? Post-traumatic stress disorder. But very few people talk about the opposite of that, which actually exists, and they've studied it, is post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. Some people go through real traumatic situations and come out the other side and grow because of it. Some people come out of the traumatic situations on the other side and have struggles and strain and problems. And some of the root reasons is exactly what you're talking about. The people that have the growth, it's not so much that the trauma wasn't there. The trauma was there. It was because of how they ended up reacting to the trauma and the things that they took control of that led to the growth. No, that's absolutely right. And and I call that, uh, in, in a lot of ways, I call that adversity to awesomeness, right? We have these situations that, that happen and it, it's not everybody's wired the same, Scott, and, and you and I can both agree on that, right? And, and people have terrible things that happen in their lives. I think about so many people that I've had on my podcast and, and, you know, in these adversity to awesomeness stories, one, one, I think that comes to mind right away is Barbara Allen, who, whose husband uh, was, was killed um, by a fellow soldier uh, in, in Iraq. And uh, I believe it was in Iraq, Afghanistan, but regardless, she's got four young mm-hmm. children at home. Her husband is murdered by a fellow soldier in in Iraq and now she's a a gold star widow at, at home and trying to cope with the fact that that she no longer has her husband but she's come out of that and and done just incredible things 
not only in in raising her children and in her own life, but bringing an incredible message to others on how to get through that. Or my friend Chris Singleton, who whose mother was killed in the Mother Emanuel Church shooting by by a white supremacist trying to start a race war. He he's turned that around into just an unbelievable young man who has now devoted his life to going around speaking on behalf of victims and 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 just an inspiration to all people adversity to awesomeness there's so much in this world that's going to be outside of our control things that we can't do anything about it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be things in our lives that just absolutely suck but how we react to them and what we can bring so when you talk about post-traumatic growth post-traumatic growth adversity to awesomeness how can we take this situation that we've been placed in for whatever reason and and learn from it and better come out better on the other side not ignoring the fact that did happen but actually growing from it and taking that message to others and saying how can we come out better and interestingly the people that actually try to ignore that it happened usually end up with the post-traumatic stress disorder. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's burying it, pushing it down in the inside. I don't know about you, but a lot of my anger that I had as a, a young man came from burying things that were going on in my life that were traumatic and, and trying to ignore them. Because that's what we're taught, is, especially as guys. Stiff upper lip, suck it up. Just right. Power. Yeah. Yep, yep. No, that's exactly right. That's a fantastic point, Scott, because I think too many people, yeah, they try to suppress what's happened. They try to bottle it in and, instead of working through it. And really, I, I don't care how tough you are. At some point, you have to confront whatever it is that, whether it be hurt you, like I, I talk about being bullied as a child and, and the different things that that came along with that and, and everything else. All that stuff has to be confronted at some point because if if you just keep it bottled up if you keep it in and, and don't allow yourself to truly work through that it, it's going to continue to cause problems in your life from now and and through all time my my podcast too we like to talk about people's faith journeys and and the fact that a lot of folks have different journeys to what where they're at today when it comes to to their faith background how uh, let's talk a little bit about your faith journey and how that has intersected and affected this journey that you've been on towards the putting out the message that you put out. Yeah. Uh, when I talk about my faith journey and everything, gratitude is a huge thing, something that I talk about a, a lot. And gratitude, what am I grateful for? And, and how can other people expect you to be grateful for? For anything if you're not grateful for the things that you have obviously in my world as a christian most of my gratitude but when i think about gratitude who am i grateful to it was god that brought these things to me it's and i think about the ebbs and flows the ups and downs that i've had in my faith journey and my belief over the course of my life scott and i can remember times when I was so devoted that I was trying to go to church all the time. I'm not the kind of person who goes to church all the time. 
In fact, they go very seldom, probably only a couple times a year at this point in my life. Other times, there are times when I was going every every week, but I'm just, that's not what I, that's not what I ascribe my faith to. My, my faith is truly my relationship, my personal relationship with, with, with God and Jesus Christ and whatever. But then there's been other times in my life, Scott, where I've been so mad, so angry, so just had so much hate for the whole world and the fact that I was in it that I'm like, if this is really all there is, just take me out now. I don't want to be here anymore. So I've had the ups and downs. I've fought that battle, that internal battle. But going back to what we were saying before, you've got to figure out what got me here. How, why am I here? And am I really blaming the right entity, right? Mm -hmm. Blaming God for my troubles is not where I needed to be because the fact is a lot of the, a lot of the problems that I was having in life were as a result of me. So right back to my personal accountability, (laughs) it always goes full circle. Be grateful for the things that I have. Don't focus on the things that I don't understand that it's my own personal accountability that's going to get me where I need to be and just be grateful to God for all the great things that are in my life. Gratitude is one of those things that builds upon itself. So is my faith in God, right? The more I believed in God, uh, the more I I put my faith in God that the right things are going to happen in life, the more that the the more I start to see all the beauty uh, that's around me in this world. And, and it's, it really comes down to a matter of focus and I hope all that made sense. I've mm-hmm. never really tried to say that before. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it does. It's, and again, I deliberately ask people about faith journey as opposed to quote religion, because at, at least for me, church, the Bible, even it, it's not that those aren't the things that we should put on the highest pedestal. God is the thing that we should put on the highest pedestal. Those are tools and relationships and things. Not that they're bad. They can help you, but they're not the be all end all. It's I'm more curious about how did people arrive at the relationship that they're at today with the realization that it's a journey and your relationship's probably going to be different 10 years. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, because you'll be a different person. Yeah, no, it is. A, it is a journey. And like I said, it, it's for me, it's a personal relationship. That personal relationship stemmed in, in gratitude and the beauty and all things that are around me. And I just think that it is something that that each individual needs to figure out. It, it's one of those things where how do you want to feel and, and how are you going to get there? Uh, in in my mind, God and gratitude go hand in hand. And uh, gratitude in my mind is the genesis of happiness. Do you want to be a happy person? What are you going to do today? What conscious decisions are you going to to take today to be happy? Are, Are you going to are you going to focus on what this world hasn't given you? Or are you going to be grateful for the, what this world has given you? Who are you going to be grateful to? Why? What does that mean to you? What is your relationship with this? And yeah, it's a journey. And, and it, it really is a matter of who we are today 
who we want to be in the future, what kind of legacy do we want to have when we're gone. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about the podcast. You you mentioned it earlier, and and I did as well. The do you rate the hate, which I love the title. How did you arrive at? First off, how did you arrive at that title? But then secondly, where did the idea for having people on to talk about these issues? Where did the concept come from? So derate the hate is. So there's a couple things that go along with that title, Scott. And one of them is if you just look at the word derate, it means to turn down, right? It's it's one of these things where there's there's far too much hate in this world, whether it be internally with ourselves or with the world around us. Hate, animosity, anger, those things all come together, right? They all go in in one package often. And I, I saw the world around us just getting more hateful, so I wanted to turn that down. So the other part of that is I've been in the trucking industry for 25 years. And one of the things that will happen with a truck, a, a, a semi-truck in, in particular, is when something is going wrong with the engine in a truck, that truck will derate in the ECM in that truck will turn down that engine's ability to continue to operate on that level so that it does not destroy itself. And while every truck driver knows there's nothing we want to deal with less than a truck that's derated, it's a very important part of what we do in the sense that Okay, we do not want this truck to destroy itself, so we have to derate that engine. We have to turn it down. Mm. So when I thought about the words and it just sounded cool, derate the hate, and, and it, it just kind of it was a piece of me because trucking industry has been something I've been doing mm-hmm. for the majority of my adult life, and then seeing the world around me getting more hateful and, and there's just so much anger and stuff, I'm like, let's turn it down, let's derate the hate. And that's where the derate the hate title came from. Uh, How long have you been doing it? Since since early in 2020. So I, I think it was very early on in 2020. I put out my first episode for a little, but by the time this by the time this episode airs, Scott is going to be just about four years. So this in the podcast, what's the message of it or the worldview of it or somebody that's hearing it looking for it what's the promise that you're making them that this is what they'll hear on the show so on the show you're going to hear any number of things we talk I, I do a lot of my work these days scott in the depolarization space the bridging divides trying to they, there's so many tears in the fabric of our nation right now and in the world in general there's so much ugliness going on among, amongst people of, of differing mindsets, differing opinions. So a lot of what I try to do these days is, is bring together people uh, of differing mindsets. I'll have people on from any number of spaces on the political spectrum on the podcast. And it doesn't always have to be about politics, so don't get me wrong there. But I'll have a conversation with anybody about just about anything. As long as it's somebody who's out there trying to better the world in which we live, right? I don't think, I, I don't think bettering the world is exclusive to any one group of people, any one mindset, any one anything, right? 
there's so much in this world that people can do to better the world in which we live, but it all starts with our own reflection on our own attitude. Bettering the world one attitude at a time is what we try to do. How do we do that? Gratitude, personal accountability. How, what have you done today to make your life a better life? Because if you're making your life a better life, you're going to make the world a better place because bad moods are bad moods and smiles and bad moods are contagious. So if we go out there, we present a, a positive attitude to the world in which we live, that's going to come back to us and it's going to spread. Mm-hmm. Likewise, conversely to that, if you're going out there and you're in a bad mood all the time and you're constantly frowning and whatever, it, it it's going to come back to you. So what mm-hmm. kind of choice are you going to make today? You gonna make the choice to be a a happy person and smile, or are you gonna you gonna try and ruin somebody's day by by spreading the bad mood that you woke up with? Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit practically from all of the work that you've been doing. I think we've all had those moments, whether it's a a family holiday, a family reunion, or just around the water cooler at work. Or I guess they still have water coolers at work. I don't know. I work from home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I have a sink. That's what I have. But what that the break room at work? That I know they have. Yeah, yeah. The break room at work. But those interactions with other people that maybe they're we we just deeply disagree with them on a fundamental level. It may be about faith. It may be about politics. It may be about I don't know what's the best breed of dog. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it seems like. When you have those interactions with folks like that, that are really antithetical to your belief, what are some of the tools or or suggestions or things that you've learned over the years that can help us deal with that? First thing, uh, people, I, I think people too often use what they disagree on as their leading off point in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that right there. I know you don't agree with this. So let's talk about that. (laughs) Let's just start there. (laughs) A lot of times I think it it makes a lot more sense to try and find what we do agree on first, right? Try to break the ice with something that that we most likely will agree upon, but then show genuine interest in 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 what that person what that person or how that person, not what, how that person came to believe what they believe. Try to start off by just being passionately personal in your conversation, in showing that person, I have a genuine interest in not what you believe, but how you came to a position to believe what you believe, how you got there. Because once That person knows that you, and this goes both ways. Once that person knows that you don't care why or how they got to believe what they believe, they're probably not going to be listening to what you have to say anyway, right? If they know that your only intention in having that conversation is to attack their position, their ears are probably going to slam shut as well. So we have to show genuine interest. We have to try and figure out why and how that person believes. So ask them, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. How did you get to the position? Not why, because why is often a word that seems combative, right? Why do you think that? No. How is it that you 
how is it that you believe this? Or how is it that you come to this position on this particular topic? Another thing is people today, especially in the day and age that we live in now, Scott, where everything is like instantaneous and we're bombarded with so much information and people try to simplify complex issues into these really non-complex conversations and so it's a lot of times it's is what you're saying really that simple or do you think it could be far more complex than both of us are are Mm -hmm. thinking right some of these issues are so complex but people are so used to trying to break it down into a, a 160 or 320 character whatever it is tweet or or blurb on us on social media that it really does complete injustice to the whole conversation in itself when in actuality it's probably far more complex than either party understands but now we have just said our little piece to try and make that person mad the mm-hmm. other thing is why instantly go for the emotional reaction <laughs> try to remove our emotions from from it and, and say okay let's start from a platform of logic rather than emotions because once people allow their emotions to get in there and, and dictate how they're feeling that's where things go wonky go sideways and and people people's brains go off their emotions go up and and far far less is going to be accomplished that way so I, I think that's where I would go is try to find the common ground, find the humanity in, in, in the person that you're speaking with, find out how they came to believe what they're believing, and, and then realize it's probably more complex and we need to try and keep our emotions out of it and talk through things with logic. Uh, one thing I'll add to the it's probably that complex thing is I think, too, a lot of times we'll hear that somebody believes this. I, I just to pick something because they're a big supporter of oh, small government. I literally picked an issue out of the hat. Sure, but sure. from that one thing that we learn about them, we ascribe to them, oh, that must mean that they're a diehard Trump supporter. They're this, they're that. A whole set of beliefs that may or may not actually be what that person believes, but but because we learned one little nugget, we ascribe that now to a whole class of beliefs that go along with that, at least in our mind. And I think people have been conditioned that way because for so long, Scott, people like to put people in boxes. Sure. And and it's okay. So if I can check this little thing off that's on that label on that box, everything else that I put on that label on that box must be true about that person. When in all actuality, every individual is is a a much more complex entity than a lot of people would have you believe these days. Right. Because like I said, they they try to put you in this box and they try to put this label on this box. And and now everybody in that box is that is, is is checks off all the things on that label. When actuality, everybody is a a very complex individual and, and you cannot, just immediately assume assume that everything about those people is going to be the same in all circumstances. It's not the case. 
Yeah, you you hear that somebody is a Republican and therefore they must believe these seventy two things, or somebody is a Democrat, so nope, they believe those seventy two things, and it's maybe (laughs) (laughs) might be the case, but but maybe not. So a lot of it, it sounds like, is just coming down to two. I and you led with it. It it's actually just being sincerely curious about other people, not judgmental. (laughs) It's that's absolutely right, absolutely right. Uh, Genuinely curious, passionately personal. How do we really get to know this person that we're conversing with, and and be genuinely curious? Get to know how they come to believe what they believe without making these automatic assumptions of who that person is, what they believe just because of who they associate with, just because of what their skin color is, what part of the world they're from. It, it there, there are so many things that we do ourselves a huge disservice in many cases, Scott, by making assumptions about people before actually knowing who that person is and by doing so, our own ignorance leads to a greater level of, it could be hate for that person. Mm-hmm. So ignorance is one of the leading factors or leading causes of hate, because if we actually took the time to get to know the people that, whether we agree or disagree on everything or nothing, there's still a humanity in that other human being that we need to recognize. And and if we take the time to figure out how that person came to believe what they believe or, or came to a position that they have, that's completely different than ours. I think we'll often see that the world is a much, much better place than some would have you believe. Mm -hmm. So flipping that question a little bit, obviously we've, talked about the fact that there is a lot of polarization there's a lot of hatred i don't care which side of the issue you're on and what your belief set is there's a lot of judgment of the other side whatever the other side is and i put that in air quotes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why do you how do you think we got here <laughs> you know why is this the position we're in today because uh, <laughs> grievance sells us versus them sells keeping people angry cells it all of that stuff keeps people coming back for more far more than other things politicians get elected by keeping the us versus them mentality going the media keeps people tuning in because the us versus them mentality and keeping people angry keeps people tuned in unfortunately those are the that's just the reality of the world in which we live if we bring everybody together, it's it's not nearly as um, beneficial to those who want to stay in power because it's often the divide and conquer thing. Unfortunately, I hate to say it that way, but but it is, and time has proved that. You look at social media today; some of the biggest accounts are not those that are trying to. Uh, trying to bring people together and, and and make the world a better place. It's those that are are inciting anger and, and stuff and, and constantly either driving home this fog model, fear, outrage, and grievance, that it's those that have the biggest following. So so it's it becomes a natural instinct for people who want 
for lack of a better way to say it, fame and fortune, to use that fog model, that fear, outrage, and grievance model, than it is to for people working in the depolarization space, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we got here, in in my opinion, is it's just that is what sells. And, and at the end of the day, people are, are trying to make, they're out for fame or fortune. They're out for fame, fortune, or power. And the model that at this point in human history that is has worked more consistently than all others is fear, outrage, and grievance. How can we get people mad? How can we pe- get people scared? How can we make people feel like a victim so that we can provide the solution that's going to take them to the next level? Right. It's a, it's an ugly cycle, but it's true. Right. And in some ways it's almost, it's easier. And uh, what I mean by that is think of it when you were describing how to actually sincerely talk to somebody that you disagree with, you had a lot of words <laughs> to talk about that. But when you talk about how to get people riled up, it's three words. Yeah. <laughs> that's easy that's a low-hanging fruit so to speak yep yep no that's exactly right that's why social media is has been i think there's some very good things about social media but but yeah it it, it, i think a net has been a net net negative in the respect for humanity in that yeah you can get you can get people riled up a lot quicker in a shorter period of time with a short little tweet or blurb on uh, on Facebook that than you can about making their making their lives better and helping them work through working to or towards that adversity to awesomeness thing that we talked about or, or post traumatic growth. It's a lot easier to make people mad real fast than it is to help them work through and find the solutions that are going to make their lives better in a tweet. And I I posted something on my. Facebook page a few months ago that was a quote about basically how you could read into the Bible. If you have a particular view, you can go shopping in the Bible to find something to support that view. That's more or less Mm -hmm. what the quote is about. The person that did the quote is somebody who was very popular in Christian circles for a while and then got very controversial and was outcast from Christian circles. So the feedback I got was, that's a great quote, but you shouldn't post it because it's from her. Oh. And I'm like, that's the point of the quote. <laughs> You're literally saying that it, I'm going to dismiss a good message because it comes from somebody I don't like. And I'm like, I agree with everything the person said. That wasn't the point of me posting that. But I do agree with this thing that they said. <laughs> you know? right. you know? Yeah. What's, person, what's more important, the message or the person who said it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's no, that's a very valid point right there. It was interesting to me that it was like, really, that's the feedback. That's the problem that you have with that message. That's interesting to me. It, it didn't surprise me, honestly. And I thought about it even before I posted it that I'm like, well, given where that person has ended up, I'm probably going to get some negative feedback, but I'm still going to post it because I agree with the message here. So let me post it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
So I've got a few questions that I like to ask all of my guests, but before I, I go there, is there anything else about the podcast or the work that you've been doing that, that you'd like to share with the listener? Polarization is one of those things. And as my friend John Wood Jr. says, polarization is the one problem that ensures either or all other problems won't be solved. <laughs> so when we look at the world around us, Scott, I want everybody to think about, are, are we going to make it through this thing together? I want, I want everybody to think about their legacy. Are we going to make it through this thing together? Because we've only got so much time together on this planet. Do we make it through this world together by staying divided or trying to come together? And I don't mean in some big kumbaya moment where everybody's like, oh yeah, we are the world. We have to recognize our differences and understand that our differences are good, but they're not a reason to keep us separated. So we, I just encourage everybody, when you're thinking about the things in this world that, that you and, and, and your neighbor don't agree on, or, or you and that person in the break room at work, like you talked about earlier, maybe vehemently disagree on. Disagreement does not have to equate to hate, right? We we have to be able to look at each other, see the common humanity in each other, understand that we don't have to walk lockstep in, with each other on all things mindset in order to get along and, and, and coexist in a very real and meaningful way to, to leave a legacy of awesomeness for those that are coming behind us. Just, I, I encourage everybody to to check out organizations, like Braver Angels that I do a lot of work with, and uh, and things like that. Because when it comes to our time together here, let's spend that time. And uh, yeah, that's the big thing for me. That's the big message that I want people to think about when they think about. My brand is inspired stewardship. I run things through that lens of stewardship, and yet I've discovered that that's one of those words that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so because of that, I just like to ask folks, when you hear the word stewardship, what does that word mean to you? When I think of stewardship, I think of how do I want to, how do I want to represent the position that, that I want the world to live in do i am i going to be a good steward of the things that i've been given in this life uh, that's why i come back to gratitude a lot right how does how would anybody expect me to be grateful for something that i don't have if i'm not grateful for the things that i've got so gratitude is a, a lot of when i think of stewardship i think quite often of gratitude right being a good steward of the things that I do have will lead to better things. And, and so stewardship for me is, is a different word for a lot of the things that I talk about already, gratitude and personal accountability. Uh, I am a good steward in my mind of what I've been given and what I want the world to see because I am grateful and I am, I do hold myself to a, a, a higher standard because I do believe I am accountable for 
I, for the life that I have. Mm-hmm. That's when I think of stewardship. So this is my favorite question that I like to ask everybody. Imagine for a minute that I invented this magic machine. And with this machine, I could pluck you from where you are today and transport you into the future 150, maybe 250 years. But through the power of this machine, you were able to look back and see your entire life and see all of the connections, all of the ripples, all of the impacts you've left behind. What impact do you hope you've left in the world? That is a, it's a phenomenal question. And so uh, again, I go back to the, what kind of legacy do we want to leave thing? And I talk so much about making the world a better place. And I don't want to be remembered for the times where I was angry or I yelled at somebody or or I broke something or or whatever, because I did spend a lot of my life in that in that realm, anger, animosity, breaking stuff, yelling, things like that. I want to be remembered as the person I want to look back and I want people to look back years from now. And say, oh, yeah, there used to be this thing called the D-Rate the Hate podcast. And there was this guy who spent so much of his time, dedicated so much of his time to bringing people together. And because, again, we've got only so much time on this rock together, Scott. And those people who put all of their effort into dividing us and making people angry. That's not a legacy that I want ever to be associated with, with my name. I I will never have the kind of following that some of those people have, but I tell you what, when the books are written later on in life, or when they open up the books to see if I get to where I'm going, I know that putting my efforts into bringing people together as to drive as opposed to driving a wedge between them i think it puts me in the right column so i I like that idea a lot better so what's on the roadmap what's coming next for you as we continue into 2024 so 2024 i just i'm gonna continue to do the d-rate the eight podcast continue to do my work with with the uh, incredible organization braver angels and try to branch that out scale that up to to doing some public speaking i would love to not only continue to spread this message via via podcasting the podcasting channels that are out there but 2024 is going to be the year when i try to get out i had a few speaking events in 2023 i'd like to try and scale that up and and get some more done in 2024 bring this message out to people do more shaking hands seeing people face to face showing people that there there is a very positive way to um to disagree agreeably and uh, and i think that is uh, that is an important thing so more with the podcast probably going to try and do more video shorts reels things like that but i would really like to get more into to public speaking and 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 then of course braver angels is 
the Brave Angels convention this year, which I spoke at this last year, was in Gettysburg. In 2024, is going to be in right up there in, uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, actually. Uh, so people can look at that on the radar. That's the one big thing that uh, I know is going to be coming up this year. And whatever that, other than that, we'll we'll see what the uh, see what the stars align to. Absolutely. So you can find out more about Wilk over at his website, deratethehate.com. And I'll also put a link to that and to the Braver Angels group that he's been talking about. So you can find out more about his work over there or find out more about bringing him to you as a speaker. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? Just better the world. That That, that is really the big message that I, I want to send out is better in the world starts with each of us as individuals we can't control what the world is going to do to us but we can control how we react to it bettering the world starts with bettering you bettering your life so what have you done today to better better the world thanks so much for listening to the inspired stewardship podcast as a subscriber and listener we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.